Welcome back to the Restless Podcast, Episode 2. In this episode, we had an amazing opportunity to interview one of the most successful leaders in the real estate industry in Kelowna, Tim Down. Uh, he's managing partner at NAI Okanagan and has his very own real estate advising firm. In this interview, we cover topics like Tim's background, how he got started in the industry, and his whole journey, his leadership style, and lastly, the importance of networking and volunteering. So grab a seat, relax, and we hope you enjoy this episode of The Rest's Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Jonah Boston. I'm with my co-host, Raphael Law, and this is The Rest's Podcast. On The Rest's Podcast, we interview the most impactful leaders in the business world, starting in our home base of Kelowna, British Columbia. Our mission is to provide our listeners with topics around modern-day business and entrepreneurial methods to help you execute your goals in life. We hope you enjoy this episode of The Rest's Podcast. Appreciate you uh, being here. We have Tim down here and Rafi. Could you do a little bit of introduction for us? That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, well, we're coming here for our leadership class, as you know. Um, our project was to to interview a local leader, uh, just speak about their background, some things about their career, uh, some leadership questions, and just like a, advice in general. So that's what we have here today. And I think we have a list of questions. And I see that uh, I've sent it to you over. Uh, yeah. before and you kind of review them and have some notes down so that's awesome so you ready to get, get started absolutely yeah okay. good all right tim uh, the, the very first question was uh what kind of prompts you to pursue this career that you have today yeah so where i am today and where i started from uh it wasn't there wasn't a linear path or a direct path in my final year of high school uh i i stayed with another family i didn't have my own family there so I didn't really have a lot of direction. Um, I wasn't really sure. You know, there was the usual guidance counselors that would, you know, give you insights. And of course, all your friends and colleagues that were talking about where am I going to go? What am I going to do? You know, am I going to work? Am I going to go away to school? You know, stay and stay and go to local college. Um, So in some of those investigations that I did, I came across UBC's uh, Bachelor of Commerce program in real estate, uh, as well as the Real Estate Institute BC. And back then we didn't have the internet. We had catalogs. And basically, it was very small print, and you just kind of looked through them and, and got a sense of things. So that intrigued me, but it wasn't my direct path. Right. I, 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 uh, I went to community college and did the, I, in fact, I did a year at uh, Okanagan College back in the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Oh, see. Uh, things were quite <laughs> a bit smaller, yeah. And uh, so uh, we're alumni. But uh, I ended up um, uh, still being interested in real estate, and I went to Vancouver Community College, and I took right. the... Uh, the real estate appraisal program. And uh, I left there and joined uh, industry. I, I started out as a summer student in Terrace. Okay. Beautiful Terrace, BC. Yeah, yeah, hometown. I spent my high school years there. Uh, so I, I worked as a summer student in Terrace. I went back uh, to Vancouver and I got a job with a local fee appraisal firm in downtown Vancouver. Okay. And I did that for a year. Uh, and then there was another opportunity that came up with a bigger uh, corporation um, called, uh, at that time it was, um, it, it, it morphed into Royal LePage, but it, it was an appraisal division that didn't exist um, or doesn't exist now. And I, and I worked there for a year. And uh, a couple of my friends that I went to college with and, and I graduated with, they started working for a company called BC Assessment Authority. It's okay. a government agency. It provides property assessments right. on an annual basis mm-hmm. uh, for property tax purposes. 
and that's for the provincial government and local governments. Okay. Um, so there was some opportunities there. Uh, they spoke very highly of it, and, yeah. and it was more structured and, and focused on foundational real estate okay. knowledge and uh, appraisal skills. <clears throat> the, the, the field that I was in, it was basically a lot of driving, not a lot of oversight or support. Uh, the fee structure fluctuated with the amount of work you did in a day. And um, it just didn't seem very redeeming to me as a, okay. as a job. This sounded a little bit, not only stable, but more uh, formal. Um, so I, I interviewed for a position in Terrace. Okay, yeah. Places. Uh, there wasn't a lot of people that wanted to go there. No kidding. Do you want to expand on How's your experience in Terrace? Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, well, I will. I'll, after I, I, I finish this Absolutely. up, I'll, I'll give you some more feedback on that. So I, I worked in Terrace. Uh, I started out as a... As a uh, probationary uh, employee okay, and yeah. I worked into obviously full time right. and then I became a senior supervisory appraiser um, and uh, in 19, this was 1990, 97 I decided that it was time to grow beyond that okay. uh, there were some changes you know in the northwest of, of the uh, province always fluctuated with lumber right. prices uh, and it was in a downturn and, and there's lots of issues going on and it's very isolated uh, I met right. a nice gal there and we got married and we, we had a child and we had nice. another one on the way and yeah. then we just decided it was time for a change and, and so we moved and we moved to Chilliwack and I worked right. there for four years uh, and then I was recruited by Pricewater, or sorry, by uh, Colliers International uh, to manage their Western Canadian uh, property assessment uh, tax appeal group and I did that for five years and then I was recruited by um, PricewaterhouseCoopers um, and I did that for a year and then I decided I didn't want to be told where I had to live or what to do and right. I relocated to the Okanagan okay. and opened up my own consulting firm and, and, and got on with uh, licensed uh, real estate sales and leasing. Smart. So that's sort of the background of how I, I got to this position. There's no one one direction what prompted right. me to do it. I, I, I had a, just an inkling of an interest in real estate and yeah. I just kind of found my way through it. So oh, I got, well. Yeah, and, and in doing so I there was a lot of foundational knowledge that I was able to gain too. Um, and so real estate appraisal, uh, the way I approached it and, and the way I learned, I mm -hmm. got to experience all forms of real estate assets right. and how to value them. And then I could trans translate that into real estate sales and leasing. Uh, a lot of people get into real estate and sales and leasing without that knowledge. Um, and so I've been fortunate that way. And uh, in the process, I eventually was able to open my own commercial brokerage mm -hmm. firm with mm -hmm. people that I wanted to work with. Nice. Yeah. You're able to network pretty much throughout the whole journey too, right? And well, yeah. I mean, I think we're all social beings. Yeah. So you're going to connect mm -hmm. with people. Yeah. I, I have, you know, relationships with people in the industry, you know, right across Canada and the U.S. and Europe right. in Asia. And, uh, you know, and, you know, if your LinkedIn is a testament to who you are, I've got, you know, 2,700 connections on LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. But you always have those opportunities. And, and, and what's really great in this environment, not only with the internet, but every one of those connections is a connection to somebody else. 100%. And yeah. what's key is to, to keep those relationships, to, to honor them and nurture them, mm -hmm. and use them to evangelize you as, as your marketing extension. Because good people always prefer good people to services. Exactly. Right? Sure, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it must have been a little bit different being up, in, up north in Terrace. So you must have learned a lot of different angles of what you do now and yeah, you know, I, I I wasn't born there. I, right. I moved there in my in my uh, high school years. Right. So, and I I lived all over the province and 
And so I had some different experiences uh, and I was able, you know, with my family that to, to leave mm-hmm. and do different things. Um, the people are great. It, it's very isolated. The weather can be awful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can miss summer completely. Um, and in terms of the work itself, yeah, there's a variety of things. I mean, it's not a, it's not a major uh, city, but there, yeah. there are assets up there. And it's also very challenging because there's not a lot of things going on in some jurisdictions. Right. There's no sales to measure. Right. So you're, you're guessing sometimes. You're using your insights, your, uh, your best instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be you know, very challenging that way. You know, there's just geographic distance to travel. You know, right. in our area, we, we went from Atlin over to, the, to Haida Gwaii or Queen Charlotte Islands. And we went down just above uh, Princess Royal Island. And we went all the way over to uh, Burns Lake, Houston. Yeah. And, then, and then, so that's a big territory, right? And everything in between. I can tell you about being chased by grizzly bears and all sorts of well, fishing was, was something else. We didn't fish yeah. while we were working, but but you know, there's all sorts of things you can experience, right? Oh, okay. So uh, you know, it's a different experience than working in the city. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. But but you know, if if you like being outdoors, then yeah, Terrace is a great yeah. place. It's mm-hmm. Fishing and hunting and skiing and it's got everything. Yeah, but Wake it's and... it's just isolated and expensive to leave and, and a long drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So that was that was getting out of the the northwest. So I moved down to Chilliwack, and then I moved into Vancouver, and then I eventually moved back into the Okanagan. My family's from the Okanagan. Okay, so good. Long term, my family's been in the valley seventy years. Right. I'd always intended right. to mm-hmm. end up here. Right. Yeah. There's always a calling. Yeah. We always spent summers here. We had a right. place on on, on uh, Kalanaka Lake. So, oh yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's awesome. perfect. Um, so you did mention about like uh, establishing connections, always maintain uh, that. So, you know, uh, the connections will give you better connections when you do need some mm-hmm. assistance. Um, so we were just wondering what were um, like, how did you establish these connections first? Did you have a mentor or a guidance um, from somebody that, uh, you know, in, back in the, the university years, was there somebody who's pushing you towards uh, this direction? Um, could you speak a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I, I think you as students should always be talking to your professors or your, your teachers or, or whoever's giving you instruction. Um, and the reason why you should be is, is they have industry contacts. Right. Now, don't rely on them, but they should be providing you some guidance. So I would always start there. And if industry, like myself, we always touch base with people in, on that side of, of, of uh the academic fields because they're identifying the best and the brightest. Mm-hmm. And, and once again, good people, you know, refer good people. So, so that would be your start. Um, you know, don't rely on it, but, but they're a good indicator of, of where they see you and, and what insights they can give you. Right. Um, your, your best, best opportunity is always to, to try and first of all, figure out where your interests are mm-hmm. and where, where your interests are, your passions typically lie. And it's easier to get excited about doing something and going above and beyond the typical, right? Right. Um, you know, for myself, in, 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 in college when I went there, there, there was a lot of people that were going back to school. They, they were, they'd been out of the uh, workforce or right. they were retraining. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, they were coming out of, you know. Like adult uh, yeah. educated. Yeah. yeah. No, they were, yeah. Students, so, yeah. So they were students, but they, they'd already, they were mature. They'd already had life experience and, right. and they were changing their, their career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I've, I, I've always sort of gravitated to the older, more mature individuals. So, so those are those people. But, you know, we were all in the same boat learning the same subject right. matter. Um, you, know, you know, some people say that their, their parents or, or their, their, you know, 
father and mother. I mean, I had a very entrepreneurial father um, who, you know, was very successful, you know, but that doesn't mean that they give you, you know, that, that guidance or support, right? right? Yeah, right. Um, you know, sometimes sure. it can be more firm of hand and tell you when you're, <laughs> yeah. you know, socializing yeah. more than you should be and, and right. get, get your act together and start yeah. thinking things through, right? So, so there was some of that. Obviously, my father, you know, played a bit of a role in that. Um, but, you know, once you get involved uh, in, in the workplace environment, uh, you naturally gravitate towards those things uh, that you feel comfortable with. I mean, in, in my sense, uh, you know, I would always seek out who the supervisors or managers were and, right. mm-hmm. and make it known to them that I was interested in learning and growing and taking on new challenges and tasks mm-hmm. and hopefully demonstrating to them that, you know, I was capable. And, and once they had that trust and, and assurance that I could do the job, you know, they would probably give you more opportunities to experience things. Right. And then they have their insights, right? And uh, once again, good people promote good people. So there's 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 no one way to, to go about it. I think I think you as individuals will, will notice and, and appreciate certain qualities in individuals that you mm-hmm. come to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you know try to to connect with them on a level that demonstrates your interest in competency. Right. And I'm not talking about you know, sucking up or kissing ass or yeah, whatever yeah. else. They, you know, climbing a ladder because it's a ladder that needs to be climbed. And you've got to demonstrate competency and professionalism mm-hmm. and people will support you, right? And that's being able to do the work and, mm-hmm. and you know, starting off in the mailroom and learning every aspect of it. Right. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You have because to Because they'll go through it quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's some people that don't want to do that, right? You know, and, and sure. your, your generation yeah. gets accused of wanting to cut, you know, <laughs> Yeah. cut the, the path to, yeah. to, to mm-hmm. the higher, higher position. And, and, uh, you know, those that put in the work, you know, typically do well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patience too, right? Well, well, there's nothing wrong with pa- patience is hard when you're yes. young and you're ambitious and you, right. want, you want, and you see yourself in a position that, that right. you're going to be successful, Yeah. but you don't know what you don't know. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so, you know, being open and learning, I mean, just, just being open to that continuous learning mindset is mm-hmm. really critical. In every aspect of your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So you're basically saying just, you know, uh, lifelong, there is going to be somebody who's always there to kind of guide you and, and you want to, to always find somebody who uh, can mentor you and like help you along the way. Well, I think you're, you're going to find that there's going to be multiple touch points. It could be a friend right. that tells you, hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't go out tonight if you got mm-hmm. an interview tomorrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Could the other friends saying, yeah. "Hey, let's go out tonight." You yeah. know, who gives a shit if you have an interview tomorrow? <laughs> right, right. So, so you need to make those decisions, and and you know, there's always going to be those individuals you've grown up with. You trust their 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 advice, their instinct, and their concern for you. And it could be a father, right? It could be an uncle, it could be a mother, an aunt, yeah. uh, a grandparent. Um, but in the business world, um, you know, there's going to be those people you've worked with and had mm-hmm. experiences with for sure. that, that are going to share their experiences with you, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and and a lot of times. It may not be a peer because it is a competitive world out there. And some right. some people, you know, just hold things in tight. I know in my experience in the business programs, it can be very competitive. And it doesn't yeah. matter what program you're in. Yeah. And so it, it's 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 hard to collaborate when you think that by giving something up, someone's getting an advantage over you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's nothing more um, revealing and rewarding when you're confident enough to do that. Right. Because your success isn't built on their success. Right. Right. That's true. Yeah. So, and that's a hard thing as a business person and, and an individual when you're, when you're measured by your success in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Right. 
that you're being evaluated by the work that you produce, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You guys have been in work groups where someone does a lot of the work and someone doesn't do a lot of the work, right? right. Yeah. So, you know, everyone gets the benefit from that. And if you put the work in, I believe you get the benefit. Those that coast on others' efforts at some point get discovered. Yeah. And, you know, throughout your journey and growing as an entrepreneur and growing as a businessman, have you ever, you know, got to the point in in your life while you were growing in this this sake where, you know, I care about these people, you know, they've been around for a long time, but it's time for them to take a backseat. You know, if they're not on the same level as me with regards to the goals that I have and the success I want to obtain, is, was there people in your life that you kind of had to say, you know, be honest with them and, and say, you know, it's time for you for you to, you know, take a back seat and, well, and be honest about it? Yeah, I think I think what you have to ask yourself is is you know, there's a human approach of, 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 of first of all, you want to treat people well. Exactly. Right? You yeah. want to be treated as as you want to be treated. Yeah. Old in the world, right? Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That goes without saying. In the business world, you can have. The old Jimmy Patterson, where you know the lowest salesperson every month gets right. sent down the road, right? Right. Mm-hmm. How true that is, it doesn't matter. It's it, it's a it's a theory. So the the question for you as an individual is: first of all, are you comfortable behaving that way? Mm-hmm. Secondly, is it something that really needs to be said? Right. Right. And is it something that's affecting the performance of yourself and your business? Okay. So to say that someone's not doing their best. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of communication and, and, and more information required. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to really understand if you're in a leadership role, is that person struggling because something's happening at home that you're not aware of? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's addiction. There's, there's personal illness. Right. There's marriage, you know, dissolution mm-hmm. with, with divorce. Yeah. Right. There's, you know, all sorts of things that are happening in a, in a, in a family environment. Right. right. There's, there's money Some issues. Factors. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to, with the getting too deeply into someone's personal situation, understand where they're coming from and give them that opportunity to share with you if that's affecting their performance. But the first thing you need to say, Hey, you know, if it's, you know, whoever it is, say Jim, you know, what's going on? I I noticed things are starting to, you know, slow for you. Are are you doing okay? What's happening? Do you want to have a chat? Is there anything that we can do to help you? Right. Mm -hmm. So versus, Hey, I've noticed, you know, Jim, you've been sliding for the last three months. If you don't pick up your socks in the next uh, couple of quarters here, we're going to have to make a different decision. In the corporate world, it used to be you went from the corner office up closest to the exit door and then you were gone, right? right. So that was kind of how you were measured if you're performing. There are signs. Yeah, but, but that doesn't yeah. mean that's the right approach. And, it, right. And, and you know what? Not everyone's redeemable right. in terms of it may not be the right environment. Maybe they, they were forced into this job because the economics made them take it. Yeah. They're comfortable. They don't want to change. Right. Uh, as long as they're performing, I mean, you know, there's all different matters of performance that, that you can talk about financial. There's also office culture. Mm-hmm. And, and it's OK not to be the top performer if you're not driven by that, if you're satisfied with sort of status quo and you're meeting your, your objectives, uh, but you're not setting the world on fire. You know, those people are still hitting singles and helping you win the game, mm-hmm. you know, no, and, and you're not going to you're not going to have, you know, stars throughout your, your batting line of, right. you know, on a team, right? Right. You're going to have a mixture of people that have different functions that they serve in the office environment. Um, and, and you know what? Every year is different. And, you know, some years are better than other years. Yeah. Um, the challenge is managing stars that think they need to be treated differently. Right. And yeah. people that think they're getting an advantage because mm-hmm. whatever, right? So, right? so from a leadership standpoint, how you manage the team environment to make sure yeah. it's still cohesive and performing is always 
the challenge. But mm-hmm. yeah, to, to say that to, to wash somebody up because you know you just feel that they're not performing or, or they're they're not fitting in, I think there's a lot more that needs to be done. Right. That's really important and that's brilliant advice by the way. Thank you. You know, it's it, it's it's tough to do that, especially when, you know, your ego could get in the way or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. With regards to anything. Well and, and that's if you if you can honestly say you're checking yourself when you're making decisions, am I doing this for the right reasons? Right. Uh, versus am I doing this just out of haste and, and desire not to have to deal with this issue? Right. It's, it's, a lot of times it goes back to fight or flight, right? Yeah. Either you stand your ground and you deal with an issue or you just avoid it and let it go away, hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. So you just you just hope that you, you, maybe you starve the person out of affection or support or whatever else and they just leave because they don't feel part of the group anymore. Right. That's one way to do it, right? It's not healthy. It, it creates dissension within the group. Mm-hmm. And you don't want that, right? You want a harmonious group. That's not going to always happen, but you do your best to, to create that environment for sure. Or you can have the, the, the Donald Trump fiasco of pure chaos where you just let everyone in a pit go at it with each other. And right. whoever stands on top of the other one tends to get the experience and the opportunities, right? Right, right? But, you know, what does that say about what's happening down below the people that you're relying on to keep that base strong? Um, so we, you spoke a little bit about uh, terrorists, like it's a bit of a challenge to travel and to, to grow there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was time to move on. I'm uh, just wondering if there was... Uh, any more challenges along the way that uh, got you where you're here? Uh, if there's any challenges or successes that kind of stand out on top of all the uh, the, the other yeah. successes? Well, I mean, what, what led me to be in this situation is that I had always worked for others that had decision making, you know, in terms of my day to day environment. I mean, I chose how to do my work, but I basically was told what I was going to be paid, where I was going to work, yeah. and typically the kind of clients I should be working with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they decided, you know, what my compensation was. So I had done that for many years and I always thought there was a better way to do it. So after many years, I mean, I've been in this industry over 30 years. Uh, I decided that I, I believe that I could just represent myself and others in a business environment where we would collectively succeed. So I was able to, to, you know, connect with individuals who I've known for a long time, Mike Geddes here for 30 years. He's a local Kelowna. Uh, fellow that grew up here and, and uh, I worked with the Colliers for a period of time and we went mm-hmm. in separate directions and came back together. Another uh, fellow, Tony uh, Parmar, who's a colleague and principal here, we worked together at BC Assessment in mm-hmm. 1990. He went away and did a bunch of things, ended up back in the Okanagan. Mm-hmm. And the three of us uh, decided that, uh, at my urging, that we should start our own real estate company. So how I got there was I, I, I had the opportunity to experience other work environments. And I felt that there was a better way for me to work and there was a better way for me to provide services to my clients. And uh, the platforms that were out there that I was working with and I've experienced, you know, corporate environments at PricewaterhouseCoopers, you know, Colliers International. I've worked at all different real estate brokerages Mm -hmm. um, that uh, I felt that I could I could add something and deliver something that was unique. Uh, that would be beneficial for others. Okay. So so that's how I got to this situation. In terms of challenges, I mean, at some point, you know, when you can't make decisions that allow you to grow, yeah. then you have to ask yourself, are you in the right environment? Right. Right? And it's not just about money. It's about day-to-day what you're doing and how you're yeah. doing it and what support and resources you have and, and who controls it. Right. Okay. Right? But in order to get there, I had to have those experiences to realize that I could create a different environment where I could be successful and others that join me could, could also participate in that. Right. No, that segues really well, actually, uh, into my next question about culture. You know, like, how important is culture to you and how important is it for it to be a glue 
uh, to the success of a company and not only the company but yourself moving forward? Yeah, so, so culture is interesting because there's so many different aspects you can take at it, right? I mean, you can talk about your own background culture. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So, so you have a built-in uh, experience and, and maybe bias. Right. How, you know, and it could be pro and con or, or you know, you preferred it or you, you wish you didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how you create a culture in, in a business environment where, where in the work environment you're succeeding as a group. And so what do you want to see? How do you want to see people working and supporting, collaborating, mm-hmm. um, and, and growing the business and making sure that there's enough uh, opportunities for everyone to succeed and, and to, to benefit? And right. it's not just about money. It's about feeling good about coming to the place of work. Right. So obviously, if you feel good about coming to the place of work, you're going to be more involved and, and active and, and supportive of it. If, if you don't really enjoy the place you're working, you're pretty much going to show up. We used to call it absenteeism, right? You find right. an excuse not okay. to show up. Well, now it's called presenteeism because there's other distractions. You can go on the internet yeah, yeah, yeah. and you don't have to actually be doing work. You can, right. you can show up and be seen at work, but yeah. you're not really accomplishing anything on behalf of the business. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's huge now. You're presently there, but there's so much going on. <laughs> well, you guys know it in class. You guys probably know. Happens all the time. Taxi, taxi, yeah. everything. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So, so, and that's, it's challenging uh, because how much in-depth thinking is happening in the brain when, when you're tuning out, right? So, so if, if you, you know, are, are really feeling engaged and, and part of the, the culture of the office mm-hmm. and a contributor and recognized as such, you're going to be more ingrained to, to, to do more in that office and be more right. successful. Mm-hmm. If you feel not necessarily an outcast, but you're, you're not accepted or, or contributing or, or perceived to be a, you know, an integral or critical part of the team, maybe you, know, you can have a different sense of it. Okay. And, and the challenge you have out of all of that is that you get these little sometimes camps that are created where someone has an issue and they draw other people into their mm-hmm. issue, right? And pretty soon it can become a cancer and then right. you've got to figure out, diagnose it. By the time you get there, you've got a bunch of, you know, feelings and attitudes and behaviors that may mm-hmm. not be based on anything that's rational right. or solvable, but someone's come up with a position that they want someone else to support them in. Awesome. So. You know, you can't you can't solve everyone's issues, right? And you can't keep issues from someone's outside personal life coming into the office. Mm-hmm. Right. But you can still be engaged enough to know that if it's a problem, you gotta deal with it I and understand yeah. what it is, and then make sure everyone else is aware, you know, that there's other mechanisms to assisting someone without just saying, Oh, poor you, or right. geez, that's really a horrible thing that happened to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know. People have different ways of dealing with controversy or mm-hmm. challenges in the workplace. Some people, you know, you probably are studying different behavioral uh, mindsets. And, and I think the Myers-Briggs tests or whatever you guys do. Right. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those are those are good rudimentary things to understand about yourself first. Right. So right. you're projecting and also to be somewhat empathetic and, and, and understand how someone else is approaching you and what information, because we all give off different things. Right. I mean, when you have a spouse, you're going to find out you're. It's a continuous work, man. Okay, it's <laughs> a job in itself. Well, <laughs> Associate of marriage. Right? Well, you know, happy wife, happy life, my friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever your preference is. It's yeah, whatever you want to do. It doesn't have to be a wife, right? So, yeah. so anyway, you know, at the end of the day, uh, culture is definitely important. Right. I think sometimes it, 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 there's too much put onto it. We're all social beings. We all want to be appreciated and accepted right. and mm-hmm. supported and nurtured to do what we want to do. And, and do it to the best of our ability. Right, sure. And if you have the right environment, people will go through walls for you. They will stick Absolutely. with you when the chips are down and things aren't looking so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. If you've supported them and you've filled up their emotional bank account and supported them and you need to draw that down because something's happening with you, they'll be there for you. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's what we learned, kind of learn in class. It's like compensation is no longer uh, 
the value for people to, to work at a place. It's more about the company culture. It's about the values and you know how you're treated in that mm-hmm. company, where you yeah. felt, where you belong. So yeah, that's totally. Well, I think if your generation is going to be very interesting. If you look at what's happening with the uh, the job environment, there's nobody to hire right now. That's what I was thinking as well. Like right. there, it must be totally because before I mean this whole entrepreneurial mindset, everyone wants to do their own thing. When you're looking for candidates, it's like scratching your head half the time. You're like, who do we got, right? Because everyone wants to well, do the same thing now. Right? Well, well, I think your, your generation is going to be very uh, uh, challenging for us. Right. Because first of all, you have a different mindset. You've been raised in an environment by parents that say you can accomplish and do whatever you set your mind to. Right. And we're going to support you. And if you need to stay home till you're 30 to get it sorted out, well, we're here to support you. Yeah, yeah. My generation and previous generations was like, we couldn't wait to get out of the house. <laughs> we couldn't wait to have a car. We, right, couldn't, right. we couldn't wait to have our own apartment. Right. And, and our summer work typically allowed us to pay for those things and go back to school and still be able to put beer in the fridge and you know, right. that yeah, kind of yeah, thing, yeah. Right? right? Your generation, costs are higher. Yeah. Uh, you don't necessarily need a car. Um, you, you, you got this continuous distraction with the internet and, and cell phones, Right. right. And, and you're being nurtured by parents that want you to succeed and, and they truly believe that you're unique and you have unique things to give. Mm-hmm. And in a work environment where, where, you know, employers like myself are looking for good people, you have a choice of uh-huh. where you can work. And typically, it's been my experience. And, and I, I, I think I mirror what you are because I left when I felt that I wasn't, you know, excelling in my career or getting things out. I just moved on to the next thing. I said, thank you very much. I'm not going to sit here anymore if I'm not growing. I moved on. Well, well, I think in your, you know, experiences that you're going to have, the mindset I believe that you're coming with is, you know, am I engaged? Am I supported? Is this interesting to me? Am I learning something? What value am I getting? Mm-hmm. If it's not there, you know what? I don't care if it's, you know, an extra 5000 a month right. or whatever else. I need to move on and get other experiences because I think you're a little bit more altruistic. Yeah. I think you believe in what you believe in firmly. And I think you have better options. And when my generation came along, there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of those jobs. We had a lot of, right. you know, softening economy, interest yeah, yeah. rate issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for, for you gentlemen. You know, as long as you keep, you know, focused and, and, and uh, moving forward, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be mercenary in saying, you know, one more dollar makes me move. I, okay. w- I would be more uh, strategic and tactful about what it is that I want to get out. What's my long-term goal? What do I want right. to achieve? And what are the foundational things that will get me there? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Time will, time will just catch up with you. Trust me on that. Yeah. yeah. But, but get the core competency and foundational skills and then apply those over and over again, repetitively and demonstrate to, to the people that, that you report to and that are going to allow you for promotion and opportunities to see that you've got those competencies mm-hmm. and they will give you more and more. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, That's there's true. lots of stuff on the desk that they want to push off to somebody else. <laughs> no, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so um, I think we have enough information about uh, your backgrounds, where you come from, uh, and your career. Uh, it's it's great, uh, but uh, this is a leadership class, so we'll move on to the to the leadership part of the the interview. Um, so one of our questions was, uh, what does leadership mean to you, um, and how has it has it made it made you successful? And I, I kind of want to tie it to, to the next question, just um, just to make them a whole. Uh, and what makes you different from other leaders in, in this industry? You know, that, it's, it's a hard question. Um, so, so you can look to, you know, sort of the dictionary, what does leadership mean? What's the literal interpretation? Leadership means taking responsibility. Yeah. 
right? It, it means be responsible for yourself to take the lead in, in how you approach your life. And it's also about how you support and direct others. So when you become a leader, like in anything in it that you're involved with, you're not only responsible for your 24 hours in a day. Yeah. You're responsible when you come to your place of work or whatever it is that you're doing. Right. Whoever's relying on you for leadership for their hours in a day and to ensure that they're supported, that they're communicated with, that they're given the resources mm-hmm. and they're allowed to use those resources to their best ability with your oversight um, and it's trust. Right. Trusting that, that those individuals are capable of doing those things mm-hmm. and observing, you know, you, you can't just turn them loose and say, look, I've, I've given you everything you need. Don't come back without some sort of sense of accomplishment. I don't want to hear about failure. It's not an option. Right. Right. And, and being a leader is also dealing with those situations where, look, I did everything I could to help you. What, what happened here? You need to be able to say, okay, we, we, we went here. What happened? What were the resources we applied? Why aren't we on task? Why aren't we on schedule? Why aren't we on budget? What can I do to help? What did I miss? Mm-hmm. What should we be doing collectively together? Should I have listened more intently when you told me that you were struggling? And should I recognize that, that we weren't going to meet our targets or, or whatever it was, or the project completion dates or on budget? So you need to be responsible for that as well. There's those leaders that pass the buck. And blame everybody else. And there's those leaders that take responsibility and say, you know what? We're going to resolve this and we're going to get through this together. And we're all going to learn from this. And you're not going to be someone that's going to be left behind Mm -hmm. because you were perceived not to have the resources and support. So uh, a leader needs to always be open to things happening around them. You you need to be constantly seeking knowledge, uh, getting confirmation that you've been heard. And that people are able to go away and do their job. You need to be checking in with people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you need to still have, you know, the bigger picture in mind yeah. of how how is this all unfolding? It's a bit of a chess game, right? Right. And you got to be looking around and being aware, but still, you have to know what your resources are and supporting those resources to uh, somehow get the task completed, whatever that may be. And in my environment, it's 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 fluid. It's it's mm-hmm. I've got multiple things going on here. Right. We have property management, we have strata management, we have sales and leasing, we have consulting. But each one of those you drill down, you know, mm-hmm. we have a property listing, we have a client that wants to buy something, we have a landlord that has a tenant issue, we have a tenant that has a landlord issue, you know, we have people that need their property assessments reviewed, you know. Yeah. You name it, we've got all sorts of things moving around. Yeah. And, and and at the end of the day, I'm trusting that the individuals that we have here are capable mm-hmm. and confident and will come and seek me out if they need my assistance. Right. Yeah. And that we have other people here to support them and, and move them forward. Mm-hmm. You're at 30,000 feet. Well, you know, people are on the ground and you're overseeing everything pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and what you'll find is that that there's, there's official leaders in yeah. the workplace and there's unofficial leaders. So there'll be the, the, the individual who has the the, the, the the title and then there's the individual in the working ranks that mm-hmm. people go to because they know, you know, mm-hmm. how things get done and they will help them understand and support right. them. Right. So so there's not just one leader. There's 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 multiple leaders in different settings and that hat can change. Right. In a different environment. Right. So, you know, sometimes you use the, the soldier uh, analysis or or analogy of where. You know, it could be, you know, that this individual right now is taking over because they have the specialty of knowledge and understanding and ability to execute that 
series of commands. Right. And the next instance, it'll be somebody else picking it up, right? Or that person's no longer capable and another person has to step up and do it. So, so I don't believe leaders are born. I believe uh, some people, you know, uh, gravitate towards leadership. I think right. other people mm-hmm. learn the skills and apply the skills. Right? Yeah, leadership. Sure. Right. yeah, that's awesome. I think that's what we learned from class too. Right? Yeah. It's all about like, you know, building trust and then you trusting each other and that's how an organization's successful. Yeah. Right? It, it's hard though. It, it is. It, yeah. Because it, it starts with trust. Too, yeah. Communication and trust, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you want someone to go through the wall, yeah. they want to know that you're <laughs> with them, right? Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. And that's a topic that that's an argument that's been brought up that could get argued for an hour. You know, are leaders born or made? Holy smokes, have I heard that go yeah. on for a while. Yeah, yeah, we've had that topic like during debates. It's for yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a big one. Um, and I'm sure that you know tons of other uh, industry uh, leaders, um, people like yourself. Um, was there anything that you you learned, you know from them that's different, like your leadership style that's different from theirs and what's made you maybe a little bit more? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I've been I've been fortunate that, that I've worked in, in many different organizations and I've seen different leaders and I've had different managers. Right. And, and, you know, absolutely. You learn from them all whether you believe it's good or bad. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, sometimes the best experiences are the most painful ones. Yeah. They're indelible. They stay with you a long time. It doesn't matter. You can do a thousand things, right? That one thing you do wrong <laughs> is the only thing you remember, right? Huh. Yeah. You know? And true. so, so sometimes that negative reinforcement is, is there. It's unfortunate. I think it's a human trait. Um, but that being said, no, I've been very, very fortunate to have some very good leaders that I've worked with. Um, and it's made it tough to leave those environments, but I've taken away what, what they share with me. And and, at the end of the day, it's communication, it's trust and support. Right. Right. And, and a lot of times you'll find, you know, you you tend to think that if a leader is there, they have all the answers. They don't Mm -hmm. trust me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they're capable and skilled and they can help you work through it. A lot of times you have the answer within yourself and they can draw it out of you. Right. And, and uh, one thing I'll say to you gentlemen uh, in your work experiences and whatever you do in life, whenever you have a challenge or a problem that you need to tackle, always start to look for a solution first. And then when you go to seek someone's assistance and, and uh, guidance, you can say, here's the, here's the dilemma or the challenge. Right. This is what I thought. This is what I think I can do. Okay. And a lot of times it's the right decision. And all that's doing is reaffirming that. So, so from a leader's role, that is also is to empower you. Right to come to a conclusion and support you in that. And there is learning in failing. Trust me. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and if you always had success and you get to that one point that's really critical and you failed and you weren't ready for it, it can be very humbling mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. and, and earth shattering for some people, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. They can't, they can't necessarily recover. Right. Yeah. I think I read some, uh, some psychology uh, article about, like having a bad boss, and I think it's two years to get over somebody that you haven't just terrible. a terrible manager or a, yeah, just a terrible leader in the workplace. So I, I think can tell you people that never get over. I, yeah, I, I can I can tell you people I've worked with that it, it's a constant resentment, and all they're doing is creating uh, these little little uh, scenarios where they mm-hmm. can say that it wasn't me, it was them, and every chance they get to point that right. out, they do, and, and it just lives with them. It doesn't feel good. Them <laughs> and there's no value to it. No, it yeah. just transfers over from job to job pretty much. Well, right? well it, and, 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 it, and it occupies part of your mindset right. that isn't doing you any good. 
does the other person care? <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's too sure. bad that they had that impression. You know, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure, unfortunately, I, I may have given that to others myself. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And that's part of a leader learning and mm-hmm. growing. No one does it by design. I mean, then you'd be a sociopath or a psychopath, sure. right? Sure. But, but, you know, there are things that in the heat of the moment, you, you, you do things and sometimes you're wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like learning, right? Yeah. It's like being a coach. Sometimes you, mm-hmm. you just didn't recognize and mm-hmm. how many professional athletes you hear say, I, I had the worst coach who told me I'd be a failure and I'd never make my, anything out of myself. Yeah, right? that's well, well, here I am, George <laughs> Smith. That's right, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah. at the yeah. end of the day, yeah, so... so it's hard to get out of that mindset, but it's important not to be stuck in it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and you are best empowered to, to do that for yourself. Right. Awesome. Um, so we talk about like uh, the, the bad side of leadership. Um, so we were wondering what are some of the most rewarding things about leadership for, for you, for yourself? Well, I, I think first and foremost is, is if, if leadership is working, you have that culture and that environment and that success in the workplace, right? Which leads to, you know, the bottom line results that monetarily you're succeeding, mm-hmm. but you're enjoying coming to work, that, that, that people in the marketplace are talking about your mm-hmm. business positively, that you're right. getting referrals, that, uh, that clients are coming back. Um, and, and sometimes you're doing so well that the people that you've worked with have outgrown your business and moved on and are doing their own thing and, and they're right. taking on new challenges and opportunities. And, and they may come back to you and, and thank you for that, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's another, you know, like leaders create other leaders. So that doesn't mean right. that, that sometimes right. there is no more growth in an organization. You have to leave to, to like I did, mm-hmm. to, to experience the things that you want to experience in life right. and, and, and opportunities to grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there can only be one president. There can only be, you know, one, one CEO. And at times, you know... When you gravitate and you're ready for that next challenge and that ceiling's there and that individual isn't moving on and Mm -hmm. there's no more things that you can learn from that environment, either you you figure out how to get along or you move along. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And what would you say a skill, what what skill or ability would you say is most important that you can name like maybe one or two that there's tons of skills, right? Uh, but what are the the ones that you maybe um, goes towards toward it? Uh, maybe some something that you will um, that you always kind of use a, a skill or ability that you um, use in a s- situation. Well, listening and communication is, right. is, is really it, it's easy to say, it's really difficult because mm-hmm. a lot of times you're you're problem solving, and and there's also there's gender bias too that you guys got to be aware of, especially in your demographic. So gender bias is, is as males, we have a tendency to be problem solvers immediately. Right. We want to give you an answer, give you a direction and go get it done. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and, and I'm not saying that this is always the case, but from a female perspective, they want to be heard. They want you to, to let them know that they've been heard uh-huh. and to work with them in a collaborative way that comes to a solution. And I'll tell you a lot of times that's the better solution. <laughs> and, and, and that should be a solution that should be used more often, but we default a lot of the times in the heat of the moment to decision-making because we want it dealt with in the moment because we right. think that's the way to do it because we believe we have all sorts of other things backing up that we still have to deal with. Right. right. So, it's really hard, but you need to be focused and centered on the conversation, be present, mm-hmm. 
It's easy to say and nod your head. It's really difficult. <laughs> it's true. It's a difference between... Yeah, uh, Tyson Irish. <laughs> are, you, are you hearing me or listening to me? You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah. there's differences, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Well, then allow the individual... A lot of times we're talking, but we're already formulating our response in our head of what right. we want to say and get out. Yeah. And we just need to take that in and we need to, to breathe and let it... Sometimes just voicing it into the atmosphere yeah. allows everyone to see it. Sometimes even yourself, you're like, oh, shit, did I say that? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> right? I know. And, yeah. So, so, so communication and listening are, are critical. A lot can be done. I'll, I'll tell you some real <laughs> successful people I know that I know aren't that bright. Right. But we're really measured in how they communicate. Mm-hmm. And they talked really slowly. And they took their time in how they listened mm-hmm. and reflected. And this is how they talked to me. And then they'd sit back and they'd wait and they'd let other people fill the silence with other noise and distractions. Mm-hmm. And then they'd come back and then they'd sort of by consensus in the room, and I'd sort of elaborate on how they talked, right. but, but that was, at times you were wondering if they were even breathing, but it was, yeah. it was, it was a, it was a, it was a, a trait that they had developed to allow them to give that perception. And through all of that, and and, and maybe it was just brilliant, solutions came out of that environment where other people just felt to fill the silence where they had to put Mm -hmm. some words in there. And then they, you know, took sort of a consensus and took an action and everyone nodded their head and and went along. Now there's, there's something to be said for that, but I think for, for you learning and and growing in, in that, listening and then being able to communicate back what you heard and then developing where you're going from there right. that all parties right. can agree because we all hear different things right. Right. and and i'm the worst for when someone tells me something is important i'll email it back to them verbatim and literally mm-hmm. and i'll cc everybody in and everyone will be well, why, why are you doing this there's no need for this i'm like because i want you all to know that right. this is what we agreed to mm-hmm. and i'm going to use this as the measurement going forward yeah that if somebody says no then, then we have a touchstone to come back to because i think in in our world today it's fast-paced uh we have a tendency to nod and, and, and then something else distracts us and we go along and we don't come back and then when we come back for a consensus to talk about what we just talked about, we don't have anything to, to say, okay, we were grounded by this concept. We all agreed that this was the issue. These were the resources we were going to apply. Mm-hmm. And this is how we were going to go forward. You know, who had action items? Where did we slip up? How do we move forward? In, in your world, I mean, you've got so many distractions uh, and everyone nodding. We used to have what was called a, a, a circular memo. And I don't know if you guys ever talked about memos. No. Memos were awful. They were like like little notes to everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they were really good because you always knew there was a memo on that. And Lord help you if you you didn't read it and you weren't aware of it because someone could come up and use it, right? But it was also also the touchstone to come back to and say, this is what we agreed to do. This is what we're going to do. So so in your case, I, I think... You as individuals and young entrepreneurs or business people coming up, always looking for feedback and communicating what it is you heard. Because that's what you're going to be evaluated on. Awesome. That's good. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have one more question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll close um, it off. Yeah, so uh, another question we had was, uh, what do you do to, to grow and develop as a leader? Some of the yeah. advice you Hobbies or anything like that that you do yeah, initially? I, I, or- I wish... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, and, and they talk about a balanced life. 
Yeah, right. It doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, it can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a matter of you deciding. You've got 24 hours in a day. Right. How do you use it? Right. You don't physically need to be in an environment like this yeah. to be successful and, and, and to do things, right? Mm -hmm. You need to be able to communicate, to, to connect with people, to do mm -hmm. the job that you've been asked to do, whatever that is. So can you do it on the ski hill on the chairlift? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Can you do it with your feet up on the beach with a drink in your hand? Maybe. Yeah. The reality is, is that industry still has some uh, requirement to, to be in a social setting, okay? Um, if you were a coder for a game company, uh, maybe you could code, you know, anywhere in the world as long as you had an internet connection. Mm -hmm. I still think as human beings, we, we're social, we need to connect with one another, and there needs to be a redeeming value to that connection. So, you know, for, for me, um, I, I think... You guys are, are in an amazing situation right now in terms of where you're going with your careers and what, mm -hmm. what you can get out of them by applying yourself, by being available, by putting yourself in the right environment mm -hmm. um, and, and not necessarily having an expectation of what you're going to get out from it, right. but having an expectation that you're going to learn. So for me, Continuous learning is critical. Right. So, so you know, I, 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 I watch all of the, the news. I, I, I'm on all of the news websites right. or, or apps. Um, you know, like there's a Vancouver Sun, there's Vancouver Province, there's Western Investor, there's the Wall Street Journal, there's Bloomberg, there's McLean's, there's the, the Globe and Mail, there's yeah. the Toronto Star, there's the National Post, there's New York Times, there's the Washington Post, there's the San Francisco Chronicler. Um, there's uh, BuzzFeed. There's you know all of these things, right? So so and and I do read these things, right? You know, I, I don't read every article, but I scan for the things that I think are interesting. And then there's just topical things that you have a general interest in, mm -hmm. and that, that that you want to be aware of trends that are happening in the marketplace. Okay. I have to be aware of what's happening in the financial markets, right? Mm -hmm. I have to be aware of what's happening in the local economic as well as the provincial and the federal situation with the government, what they're doing from a taxation standpoint, how's that going to impact real estate? How's mm -hmm. it going to impact my clients? What decisions do they need to be making? Should they be thinking, you know, 12, 18, 24 months out ahead? Right. Right. What's happening with the local employment situation? So continuous learning um, and, and having that desire uh, is critical. Uh, and then there's also, you talked about, you know, hobbies and passions that you definitely need to give your brain something else to do. Right. Besides, yeah. you know, I mean, some people just get consumed by work and that's what they do. They're really laid off on it. It'd be really tragic. I, I know some brilliant people that died on a Saturday morning in the in the washroom of their office, you know, when they could have been with their family or somewhere else. But scary stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but that's that, that you know, so, you know, that, that, those are the options that are out there. You want right. to work yourself to death. You can work yourself to death. I, I think there, there, there can be a balanced life. The positive of these things is that this allows you to work remotely wherever you want to work as long as you have an internet connection. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's extremely So, So you can travel and you can be available to work. Right. Balancing that when, you know, your kids are talking to you and you're not paying attention while you're on holidays or, yeah, yeah. or you're on the laptop continuously, you know, by the poolside and everyone else is having fun, but you're still working. That's not a good strategy. <laughs> but if you get up at five in the morning and you bang off two hours of work for right. emails... Grab a coffee, grab a quick nap, head out to the beach with the family, come back there at two, little downtime, you check the emails, right? You, you respond to some things, right? Obviously, there's always going to be a panic call that you can deal with in the mm, moment, right? right? You know, but if the building isn't on fire and no one's died, 
you, you can't change anything wherever you are. Yeah, right? no, for sure. So, so it's a blessing and a curse, but, but I, I, I look to it as a blessing, but I think continuous uh, knowledge seeking uh, learning um, is, is critical, and, and, right. and I don't think that's going to change. I think you know, you gentlemen probably maybe get two degrees, maybe get a master's. Uh, you're always going to be learning, and and you're probably going to change your career path a couple of times, if not more, uh, because I think there's things that you'll learn. The, the the days of working for one company for thirty or thirty five years are pretty much gone, right. unless you're looking at being an air traffic controller or. Yeah. can't think of too many other jobs where you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're going to stick with it that long. Okay. If you want to be air traffic controller, so it's really important. <laughs> yeah. I'd look into it because they make big money. Apparently, yeah. My, my brother's uh, he's a senior manager, and uh, yeah. Really? So, so if you're interested in, 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 in making money and having a different lifestyle, yeah. air traffic control is over here. Good. Yeah, over here. <laughs> so Wrong I'll, I'll put you. I'll put you in touch with him if that's something that's of interest. But um, yeah, Rafi's here. Like I, I just think having that. Curious uh, mm-hmm. attitude about life mm-hmm. and learning, right? Yeah, I think that's that's something so important these days because oh. I, I know so many people are not up to date with what's going on. You know, you, you you name somebody who is you know just in the news right now, they're like, "What are you talking about?" Right, and then you have to update them. So, like for for me, that that happened. Uh, I think I was my first year, and I just realized, you know, like if I'm going to business, there's so many things you got to keep up with. You know, like like you said, like checking the markets. Yeah. Uh, so you just have to be so upfront mm-hmm. with uh, with what's going on, and you have to have your own knowledge. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's great. That yeah, absolutely. Really and point. just to uh, conclude everything today, I just want to ask you, you know, if, for any advice for any entrepreneurs out there, like what is the importance of relationships? The importance of relationships and networking. Like, has that helped you a lot throughout the way, or has it not helped you a lot throughout the way? And important of obtaining obtaining and keeping those key relationships in your life. Yeah. Well. It, it, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to get a client. Mm-hmm. It's harder to keep a client, but you're, you're you're better off keeping a client that you've already built up the trust and relationship with, right? Um, because they become your de facto marketer. They they want to promote you, right? They're mm-hmm. proud to work with you. You've demonstrated value to them, and they know you can. And Lord help you if you screw that up with one of their yeah. trusted uh, confidants, friends, family, business. Uh, colleagues yeah so so that's that's something to be proud of but also to guard very closely and, okay. and to nurture so you know but but with with business networks and, and all the other stuff the, the one thing if I can leave you with is is make a difference and make a contribution don't just do it for the money right you know th- there are things you can do for money but but once you get to a, to to a, a place where you're comfortable and, you, and, and your career is going well, Find something to do that makes you feel good about not work and money, but volunteer. Even start now. Look right. at things that you like to do, whatever it is. Right. You know, I, I, I've been involved in, in, in juvenile diabetes because Abigail has type 1 That's diabetes. Right. Yeah. You know, and that was really because it affected us personally. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with friends that have died from it. And mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate or understand when we were young what they were dealing with because okay. I just didn't have the interest or the knowledge. And we did some really stupid things that really affected their health outcomes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can be involved, you know, some people like, you know, supporting uh, animal causes. So SPCA, right. some people are involved in sports. So they, they volunteer and coach and yeah. do that. I'm vol- I volunteer and support the UBC uh, Junior Heat Volleyball Club because awesome. my oldest was, was quite active in volleyball. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to give back that way. I'm involved with all of my professional associations. I've served either as, as the chair of the provin- provincial 
um, executive or, or I've served in different councils and, and, right. uh, and uh, committees and, and task force. Right. Right. So make yourself available. And usually if you do that, people will seek you out and you're giving without consideration of something back. So, so you have no, um, no requirements to get something back. You're giving because you believe, and, and a lot of times you will be rewarded. Right. Mm-hmm. Good things will come of that. Right. So sure. if you can find places where you can volunteer, even volunteering with your student societies. Yeah. And getting involved and contributing, but find something that, that's really uh, intrinsic to what you're all about and what mm-hmm. you believe in mm-hmm. and, and, and just give up your time. Right. Because there's nothing more precious, right? Time is the most precious thing, and we give it away by watching TV or yeah. playing video mm-hmm. games or you know whatever it is. But if you can find something like that, you're going to connect with other like-minded people, and there will be benefits and consequences to that where you never right. know who you're going to bounce into, the For six sure. degrees of separation, and that will lead to other opportunities. Mm-hmm. And by doing, something, yeah, by doing something positive and, and helpful that makes you feel good about what you're doing, there's always something that typically comes back. So, sure. so if that's something I can leave you with, get involved with 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 whatever mm-hmm. associations you're involved with. First and foremost, from a business standpoint, but also look for you know if it's cancer, if it's stroke, if it's whatever, right? Right. Do something for the community. Help out. Make a difference. Right. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So that's uh, that concludes it today. And yeah, we really appreciate your time, and mm-hmm. that was brilliant advice for. For anyone who's going to be listening to this and, and the mm-hmm. class especially and for a professor it goes a long way so well everyone we hope you enjoyed this interview a big special thanks to our guest tim for being here on next week's episode we interview a local entrepreneur adam dio adam is the founder of a local marketing firm called silverback marketing to learn more about his story please tune into next week's interview thank you for listening to this week's episode of the rest is podcast